The rest of us, we're going to be hanging out in here, uh, and we are going to be talking about the Christmas story. Uh, as we enter into Christmas season, it's now officially Christmas season, no matter how you gauge when that starts. Uh, at my house, it starts the day after Thanksgiving. For me, it starts the day after Thanksgiving. For my family, it starts as soon as we're driving away from the last Thanksgiving family event. They cheat a little bit, but I give it to them. It's close enough. Some people, the Christmas celebration starts like in October. People like Walmart, Target, all of those things. But as we find ourselves in here, I want to stop and focus on the Christmas story. As we've been talking about the Advent conspiracy and different things for a little over a month now, the point is we want to make sure that we don't lose focus this season. That we don't get blinded by all of the lights and everything else and miss the whole point of the Christmas season. So, if you wanted to find the Christmas story, where would you turn in the Bible? Who knows? Luke. Luke, Luke chapter 2, Matthew, the beginning of Matthew. The Gospels tell the Christmas story a little differently. Mark skips it altogether. Mark starts his Gospel, Jesus is already a man. John the Baptist kind of introduces him and off we go running. Matthew and Luke start with more detailed accounts. They have genealogies in there showing Jesus' heritage and back to the kings of Israel and some of these things. John tells the Christmas story in a completely different way. And that's what we're going to look at this morning is John's approach to the Christmas story. Many of us have read this many times and we've kind of skipped that it's Christmas. Because it doesn't, it doesn't tell the story in the same way. And we've kind of sometimes missed that he's talking about Christmas. Let's start in John 1, verse 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Do you guys hear the Christmas story? We're getting there. See, when John says in the beginning, he meant in the beginning. Did you ever ask somebody to tell you their story and they go, Well, I was born. It was a Wednesday. It was cold and windy that night. And you're going, Too far back. No, oh, too far back. I have a feeling some of the other gospel writers are doing the same thing. No, 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 John, John, not, not in the beginning there. Like, in the beginning of time, that's where you're starting? And he was probably looking at them going, why are you guys starting in the middle? Like, yeah, it was a good day, but let's go, let's go back a little bit. John starts his gospel with in the beginning of everything. In the beginning of time, before anything was made, there was the Word and there was God. The Word was with God and the Word was God. The, the word, word, there, it's kind of confusing to say, but in the Greek is the word logos. That word literally means the expression of an idea. And, and word is actually a really fitting term, because think about it. What do we use words for? To express the ideas that are going on in our heads, right? You ever had an idea that you couldn't put into words? Yeah, and we say like, oh man, words are failing me. Like, I just, I just can't find the words for it. I'm thinking something, and I can't find a way to express it. Words express ideas. Makes sense, right? So let's put it in context here. In the beginning was this expression. The expression was with God. The expression was God. 
So in the beginning, there's God the Father, and he has a desire to make himself known, to express himself to someone, right? And then he creates all things through this word. Jesus, like, you guys understand this. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here. You guys know Jesus wasn't created, right? There was, a, there was no point in time when God was kind of alone and went, I have an idea, a son, bam, happened. There are certain religions, there are certain even Christian denominations that teach that. That is not how this works. Jesus, the Word, is eternal. No beginning, no end. Has always been with God and has always been the full expression of who God is. Follow me? Okay. So then we jump down a couple chapters and we get to the real Christmas story. John 1.14, I said chapters, I meant verses. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word, that the expression of God, put on flesh and made His dwelling among us. In the message, a paraphrase of the Scriptures Eugene Peterson put it like this. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. God put on flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Think about that for a second. Sometimes we get lost in the cuteness of Luke 2 and the idea of this baby in a manger and oh, and the animals were there. And I can, I got to be careful because I'm, I'm not trying to beat up on obviously Luke's account of that. But sometimes we can get lost because it's so familiar, right? We've heard Linus tell it in Charlie Brown's Christmas special how many times and we just miss it because it's so familiar. I love that John took a completely different take. The point of the Christmas story was God put on flesh and moved into the neighborhood. He made his dwelling among us. In uh, theological terms, this is known as the incarnation. Webster defines incarnation as a person who embodies in the flesh a deity, spirit, or abstract quality. A person who embodies in the flesh a deity. Another way of say, saying this, God putting on flesh. Jesus was incarnate. Not just God over there, not just God up there, but God putting on flesh and living with us. He is the incarnation. We have a, a name for Jesus that we call this, and typically around Christmas time, we call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. The prophet Isaiah talked about this. He said, one day the Messiah is coming and he will be Emmanuel. He will be God with us. Paul says it like this in Colossians 2.9. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. Like if you would have gone to Paul and you would have said, so what's your God like? Tell me about your God. The first question he would have asked you, did you get to meet Jesus because understand, Paul was walking in a day when people had met Jesus, right? People had seen Jesus going around doing miracles, teaching. They may have even been in Jerusalem at the time of Jesus' death and resurrection. 
tell me about your God, Paul. You got this whole new religion thing. Tell, tell me about this God. Did you meet Jesus? That's what my God is like. He is the full expression of God. He is what God looks like with pinchable stuff. The way Jesus loved is how God loved. The way Jesus did miraculous is the way God does miraculous. The way Jesus was sacrificial is the way God is If you want to know what my God is like, look at Jesus. Jesus himself said this. In John 14, Jesus just once again sat the boys down and was like, look, boys, they weren't getting it. And he goes, I'm leaving. We're going to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to die there. And then I'm going to go be with the Father. And he says this beautiful thing. He says, but don't worry. If I go to prepare a place for you, I'm coming back. He's trying to, to reassure them. And as usual, the boys are just missing it. And so Philip says this in John 14, 8. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. You, we, we get it. You say you're leaving and that's kind of freaking us out. So if you could just show us what God is like, if you could just show us the Father... We'll be okay. That'll be enough for us. And listen to Jesus' response. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Even the disciples were going, okay, we don't get it. Just show us, show us the Father. And Jesus said, you've seen him. Every time you see me, you see him. I am God incarnate. God put on flesh. When you see me living, you actually see the Father living through me, is what Jesus said. Now, again, we've heard this before, and the problem with familiarity is we just kind of miss it at times. We've sang the song so many times we forget what the words mean. But think about this. As a first century Jew, for someone to come up and go, I am God, put on flesh. As soon as they heard God, Jehovah, Yahweh, they would have thought of the creation story. The being that in seven days spoke the world into existence. They would have thought of the plagues in Egypt. The sun literally being turned off like a light. And the different plagues that came on Egypt and moved in power and broke the most powerful nation in the world at the time. They would have thought of the Red Sea. The waters literally parting so that the Israelites could walk through on dry land. They would have thought of the time that the, the men stood against Moses and the Lord opened the earth and swallowed Moses' enemies. They would have thought of the pillar of fire and cloud that led the Israelites through the wilderness. The Shekinah glory that fell on the temple to the, and the tabernacle to the point where when Moses would go in, he'd come out and his face was literally glowing like a light bulb. The people made him wear a veil because it just freaked him out too much. This is the God they would have thought of. When the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies in the temple, he would have to wear bells around the bottom of his robe with a rope tied to his leg because if he took a misstep, if he did anything wrong, he was struck dead and they'd have to drag him out. This was not a God to be messed with. This was the God that handed the nation of Israel over to the nations and then bought them back. 
And they would have gone, you're telling me that that God put on flesh and lived with us? What? That God has always been over there. I could always write the address to where that God lived. Temple Drive. Just go there and you'll find that God. What do you mean he put on flesh? They would say, you better have some proof for that. And Jesus showed the proof. The proof that the apostles had when they would say what would seem like an outlandish claim. God came in the flesh and lived among us. They would go, you better have some proof for that. And they would go, did you meet Jesus? He was different, wasn't he? He was powerful, wasn't he? People would be around him and they would immediately just go, there's something different about this guy. Miracles aside, just when he would speak, people knew something was different here. There was a presence, the presence of God that changed things. Jesus' life was the proof that he was the incarnation. This is the Christmas story that God put on flesh and made his dwelling among us. And most of the time, this is where we stop the Christmas story. We go, oh, that's so nice. I'm glad that that happened. Thank you, Jesus. We might even take communion and go, hey, Christmas made way for Easter. Thank you, Jesus. What we miss is that you and I are called to continue the Christmas story. That word incarnation, a person who embodies in the flesh a deity. Hmm. Here's a scary thing, fam. That sounds like me. And if you're a follower of Christ, that sounds like you. 1 John 3.24, for instance. Those who obey His commands live in Him, and He in them. And this is how we know that He lives in us. We know it by the Spirit He gave us. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you obey His commands and are walking with Him, He lives in you. You are now the expression of God on earth. Are you a perfect one? No. Am I a perfect one? No. Am I moving towards it? Yeah. Are you? You have to answer. You and I are now God put on flesh, walking the earth. Galatians 2.20, Paul says it like this. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm dead. Jesus is living through my body on a good day. On a bad day, I'm some kind of weird zombie hybrid trying to take my life back. But the way that it's supposed to be, I'm dead. God is living on this earth through me. I am to be the incarnation of God. You are to be the incarnation of God. If someone comes to you and says, what is your God like? Most people don't remember nowadays when Jesus was walking the earth. They may have read it before, but they didn't get to meet him. What is your God like? This is scary, but could we say the same thing that Jesus did? Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Do you get the gravity of what we're talking about here? 
The same mission that Jesus had, you have. The same power that Jesus had, you have. The same spirit that was in Jesus is in you. Multiple times in the New Testament, it's called the spirit of Christ living in us. Paul says there, it's it's Christ living in me. You are the incarnation of God if you are a follower of Jesus Christ walking the earth. People go, okay, so what is your God like? Well, let me show you what my God is like. Let me show you how my God loves. Let me show you how my God cares for those who can't care for themselves. Let me show you the kind of power and fervency that Jesus prayed with. I'll put it on display. And listen, if at any point in time you're hearing this and you're going, whoa, this sounds kind of arrogant. Remember Galatians 2, I'm dead. It's not me doing this stuff. I have no power in and of myself. John 15, Jesus says that he is the vine and we're the branches. Apart from him, what do we bring to the table? Nothing. I used to love when Pastor Mark would do this. Nothing. No thing. Not a single thing do I bring to the table. But the God living in me, he can change the world. He's done it before, and he desires to do it again. But he's not going to do it apart from us, church. Oftentimes what we do is we might come together and we'll pray, God, we want you to do this thing. And then we kind of step back and wait, did he do it? Like he's just going to lob a grenade in there and change things. If God is going to change the world, he's going to do it through you and through me. Just like he did it through Jesus. Now understand, Jesus was perfection. He didn't have a bad day. He didn't have those selfish days where sin reigned. You and I do. But the goal is the same. The power is the same. At Christmas, we celebrate God coming down in flesh to make himself known. And the part we need to embrace is that he's never left. God has been living on earth in the flesh since Jesus came. Through you, through me, through our brothers and sisters throughout time. God has been moving into the neighborhood of people through us. By inhabiting his people, he's been walking the earth, making himself known ever since. The question is, to what extent will we allow him to use us? It's why we exist, church. There's a reason why when we, when we prayed to receive Jesus, we weren't just tractor beamed up to heaven. There's a reason we're still here, and it's because we have a mission. We have a purpose. And that is to live out the love of Christ in the world. To proclaim the gospel of the kingdom just like Jesus did in the power of the kingdom just like Jesus did. It's why we're here. Elkins needs to see God put on flesh. Your family, your school, your business, those you work with need to see God put on flesh. I'm trying to think of what certainty I can say this with. I pray all the time, okay, God, I want to see you do that, so bring somebody else along. Guess why I'm at my work? Guess why you're at your work? Guess why my family is my family? Because it's my responsibility. 
I'm called to be God in the flesh to them. I can't wait for someone else to come along and do it. You can't wait for someone else to come along and do it. You may be the only Jesus that person ever meets. You are called to be God incarnate. The Christmas story was the beginning. We kind of say like, man, that, that 33 years that Jesus was here starting at Christmas, ending with Easter, that was the good time. And we've just been kind of hanging out ever since. God said, I'm starting something here and it's going to continue on until the day Jesus comes back. And it's going to continue on through you and through me. Will we allow it to? Will we submit to the kingdom? We saw Jesus, even at like the night before he goes to the cross, praying in the garden, and he says, Lord, I don't want to do this. He says, if there's another way, let's go with that. Let this cup pass for me, he said. If there's a plan B, let's do plan B, but not my will, but your will be done. He lived sacrificially, and the world was changed because of it. We are called to do exactly the same thing. I'm getting some dead stares. Is this making sense? Okay. I need you, Casey. You know your role here. Amen. All right. I don't want to just keep saying the same thing, but man, I could in so many different ways. The Christmas story continues on through us. God came in the form of a babe and changed the world. Now he comes in the form of you. And he desires to change the world. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, short and sweet, because there's no mince in words. It is so clear in your scriptures. We are called to live the life of Jesus. To die to self and to allow you to live through us. Not just to remember, oh, that that manger scene or that one time when Jesus was here. That was the start. The story continues through us. God, may you remind us of that. This Christmas season, when we look at a nativity, when we hear Christmas carols, when we see lights when we all of these things may they bring us back to why we're really here what was started on that night continues on through us god may we take up the mantle may we not be found neglecting our duties when you return but may we be found advancing the kingdom living the power and story of god in the places where you've planted us. And truly, God, may you change the world through our faith and obedience. May you change Elkins as we choose to be God in the flesh. Lead us, we pray, clearly, God. Show us how to love, when to love, who to love, when to say yes, when to say no. There's so much intricacy in this. We need your guidance. But God, if we will submit to you, The world around us will see God in the flesh. Do your work, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.